0: You are clear to enter. Welcome to Pizza
1: Planet. Welcome to Pizza Planet, a Pixar podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Gareth.
0: And And we're we're your delivery delivery guys. guys, Bringing you a square box of round-hot cheesy Pixar goodness. Mm -hmm. We've got a bounty of slices in today's feast, so let's dig in. Thank you for calling Pizza Planet. Today's special is on. Pixar soundtracks. Oh, yeah.
1: We're going to be listening to some sweet, sweet tunes. All the musica. But because of copyright reasons, we will not be listening to them on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we actually just are going to be talking about them uh, with a very special guest today. Yes.
0: So today we have our good friend Tony Zinich with us.
1: Hey. So Tony Zinich is a good friend of Ben and I's. He is a musician, which is the predominant reason we brought him on. But he actually has experience scoring films for Ben and I, because Ben and I have worked on some short films together, and Tony has written music for that, so we thought oh, yeah. he was especially qualified to have some deep discussions about movie soundtracks. Mm. Yes, we're gonna be picking your brain, buddy. <laughs>
2: I'll do so my best.
1: <laughs> so we're gonna be doing top five soundtracks today, and uh, and to kick things off, well, do you first of all, I, how are you guys doing? Doing pretty swell. Pretty good,
0: yeah. Easter weekend, so yeah, pretty sweet.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and Tony.
2: Yes, sir. What, what excites you the most about being on the podcast today? To see your faces instead of just hearing your voices. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love seeing how excited you guys get about Pixar in general. So already, <laughs> we've already talked for like a couple minutes. Yeah, that's true. And just, I don't know, you just like light up when you start talking about Pixar. So yeah. Is there anything
1: you want our audience to know before we before we start the
0: discussion about you specifically? Absolutely not. Okay, (laughs) he's a mystery. That's right. Well, I I told Tony before this that you know I when we first started talking about like doing soundtracks and you know our top five and stuff, we immediately thought of Tony. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. we've been like reeling him in uh, (laughs) because Tony told us that he's basically been like binging Pixar films the past like month or two with your Beyonce. That's
2: right. Yeah, you got me hooked. You got me you gave me the Pixar bug. <laughs> yes. I've seen all of them but two in the last probably two months. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm going ham.
0: <laughs> I don't know why this reminded me of You guys know that quote from Papa John's where he's like I've ate 40 pizzas in 30 days, you know. What I'm talking <laughs> about? Hey, that's not a, that's not a Pixar movie. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh, you got it. It's a hilarious quote where he's talking about, like, it's the whole thing. But, yeah, he ate 40 pizzas in 30 days. He just says this, like, in some interview. He ate 40? He I ate thought you f- said he made 40 no, pizzas. No, no, no. I was like, he, yeah, you work at a pizza place. <laughs> <laughs> no. Papa John's, he ate 40 pizzas in 30 days. Wow. And he can tell the difference because he got, he, got like, he had to get, like, kicked out of the company. And so he was saying, like, they've changed, like, the recipe. Mm. And he's like, I've had 40 pizzas in 30 days. I can tell the difference. So... <laughs> so here and you talk about like twenty six soundtracks. Anyway, I've seen forty Pixar movies in the last thirty days. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are there that many? No,
1: <laughs> <laughs> with shorts. Oh know. yeah, maybe actually with shorts, almost definitely. So to kick things off, uh, we're all just gonna share our top five. We're not we're not gonna be doing like a whole everyone go five, everyone go four. Um, we're just gonna go straight into it. Ben, hit me with your top five. My top
0: five. Yes, I, I want to have
1: Tony do the okay, first. Okay, top five. oh <laughs> baby, we'll give
0: we'll
2: give the honor of of first share to Tz. All right. At number five, we have Cars One. Oh. Ooh. And number four, just keep going. Yeah. And number four, we have Up. Mm-hmm. Number three, we have Good Old Inside Out. Number two, Ratatouille. Mm-hmm. And number one, The Incredible Incredibles. Ooh, very nice. You got nice. a lot of Michael
1: Giacchino on your Hey, list. baby. <laughs> Mikey Mike. And I love I love that Cars is on there because that's like kind of like a dark horse as far as like Randy mm. Newman goes. So mm. yeah, nice sweet sweet list,
0: bro. Let's sweet go. list. All yeah. right, Ben, hit me with it. Okay, so number five we've got Monsters Inc. Mm. Oh yeah. So I got to show some love to Randy Newman. Number four, Inside Out. Number three, Wall-E. Number two, Up. And number one. Finding
1: Nemo. Ooh, nice. Nice. So you got a good mix of the Newmans and Giacchino Mm -hmm. there. Exactly, yeah. So uh, my list uh, starts with number five, which is probably going to be the most uh, dark horse of my entire list, is Turning Red.
0: Ooh, yeah, Mm.
1: nice. Then I got number four, The Incredibles. I got a number three, Monsters, Inc. Nice. Okay. I got a number two, Finding Nemo. Very nice. And my number one is Wally. Ooh, oh, ooh nice. Very nice. So, uh, so yeah, got it. I, got, I had to give some love to <laughs> as, as, like Giacchino and Randy, but Thomas, man,
0: dude, mm. yeah.
1: So, uh, so what do you guys want to talk about first? So, uh, let's 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 see what overlaps on our list. So, you had Tony, you had Incredibles. Um, as number one. Is number one. Um, that's my number four. Was Incredibles on your list, Ben? No, it was not. So let's talk about that score real quick. Oh, all right. Because I think that this one, this one's noteworthy because it, it has kind of transcended Pixar in many ways. It's become one of those like iconic scores mm-hmm. that uh, <clears throat> you kind of. This might be heresy to say. I, I kind of put it alongside, like, John Williams stuff. Like, mm. Star Wars, Superman, yeah. Indiana mm. Jones, Jurassic Park, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like, because it's just so iconic. Yeah. It's, like, the type of soundtrack where you just play one track from it, and people instantly know that it's super cinematic. It's super, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I, I, I And it, it takes a lot of uh, really unique inspiration from... Uh, Things like the Mission Impossible theme. Um, I, I wrote down the names of these people, not because I know who they are, but like <laughs> I, I noted this uh, to give credit where credit is due. Lalo Schifrin wrote the Mission Impossible theme. Uh, the James Bond theme, written by Monty Norman. Um, and even the Pink Panther theme, to an extent, by Henry mm. Mancini, um, all feel like they influenced mm. Michael Giacchino in the soundtrack. Yeah. Mm.
2: Yeah. I think yeah they definitely dig into the the throwback sound, like the sixties, yeah, like big horn section sound and that like big horn theme, like den Yeah. That, like, like, on the horns is like, ooh, money that is gold, <laughs> yeah, just, and I'm already like a brass guy, I played trombone a lot, so hearing that, like mm-hmm. yeah. that sound, which is definitely prevalent in like those other films you were talking about, yeah, it's just like, mm. Yeah, zesty. Yeah. Zesty. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that you mentioned the the sixties because like the movie gives off such like a nineteen sixties vibe, mm-hmm. and the the
0: soundtrack accentuates that
1: so beautifully. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I I got I, I gotta say like, <clears throat> uh, so it almost made my my honorable mentions, which we'll get to later. It was like right there. I was like, mm-hmm. but um, I clearly need to give it a second listen. Um, but uh, I loved the. Uh, the pacing it's just like quick Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. it's like keeps you guessing and it's just like fun and and that really is it's perfect for the movie because the movie is very fast paced with the characters and the superpowers and stuff i just Mm -hmm. loved that that part to it
2: yeah this was one of the other than like maybe maybe my top three but this is definitely the most listen to a bull Tr- soundtracks all the way through like every oh, yeah. track i found interesting which was yeah. not the case with some of them on lower on my list or things that didn't make my list was every just as a soundtrack without the film i would listen to it mm-hmm. oh it's yeah so interesting all the way through
1: oh yeah So like fun fact, like I remember back when I was in high school, like my cousin in Montana telling me that uh, he, cause he was in jazz band and he was telling me that they did um, for jazz band, like a medley of the incredible soundtrack (laughs) and just instantly that just made sense to me. Like, of course you would do that in jazz band, like, Mm -hmm. because it's, it's that iconic. And like you're saying, like literally every track slaps, there's nothing that isn't picking up. Picking up slack and help carrying the weight of the movie. Um, so it just it's it's like a very all-encompassing like soundtrack. Like mm-hmm. it's whole. It's very mm-hmm. whole.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I wanna say there's like lots of interesting instruments like using mm-hmm. it too, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the marimba. Yeah, that's yeah. what oh, I was thinking yeah. of. The marimba, yep. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh, I I have some standout tracks noted for this one. Uh, so the Glory Days this is a great track. Uh, Life's Incredible again. It's very fun mm, to just mm. like it's like kind of like a little jazzy like mm. easy listening vibe. Uh, Chronos Unveiled it hits hard. I've been actually seeing this one pop up a lot on TikTok. Mm. Um, and then I never realized this is what it's called, but. The, the credits song in The Incredibles is actually called The In Credits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And that, that, one, that one just kind of like highlights all of it. So,
2: yeah. What's the track called? I did not have highlight tracks, oh, okay. but I'm looking it up as we speak. Oh. Okay. Um, the one where Dash it either introduces oh. Dash or it's where he's running on water. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. it's called 100 Mile Dash. Yeah. And I think it's the one that starts. With a uh, marimba or a flute or something, and it's like, oh, and it yeah. has this like little like roll on a high marimba note or something, and it's just this. Oh, it's such a good Incredibles sound, mm. yeah. signature sound.
0: Yeah. yeah. The what was, what was the one you said that your first one that you said? Uh, the Glory days, Glory days. Life's
2: Incredible or
0: or. Uh chronos unveiled
1: yeah i think it was life life's incredible or life's incredible again i guess is what again
0: it's called. yeah that that one doesn't it have kind of like this kind of um <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it's so like a mean.
0: yeah like an old old uh uh, uh what am I thinking of like a um rat pack kind of vibe yeah yeah like i'm thinking of um uh oh oh my gosh the marvel show um WandaVision, WandaVision, yeah. yeah, like that, almost oh, like supermarket okay. kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Like, I really like the vibe of that song. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. No, The Incredibles is is one hundred percent deserving to be your number one, mm-hmm. Tony. I. I uh,
0: more we talk about it, the like, do
1: I want to reassess my list? No, mm. no. <laughs> I know, yeah.
0: Like, I, I know. What are you doing? I remember listening to it, thinking like, I want to put this on my list. So yeah, I need to, I need to check it out.
1: Well, uh, what what else is on our list? What else do we have in common? Um, I
2: want to hear what you guys liked so much about Finding Nemo.
0: Ooh, okay.
1: Oh, okay. So. Um, so easily it, for me, it's one of the most like triggering soundtracks because when I hear like the main theme, it just like it gets me choked up. Was it two months ago now <laughs> we did uh, Finding Nemo and mm-hmm. uh, we we did a breakdown of that movie. So you know, you guys know how much Ben and I. Love that movie. Yeah, you put it at number um, one. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is our number one favorite. So it just, it just, it. The soundtrack is part of it. Like the soundtrack, yeah. you mm, can't have yep, the mm. rest of the movie without Tom and Thomas Newman's score. Mm-hmm. And and so like, kind of like what you were saying, where you can actually listen to The Incredibles just on its own functionally. Mm-hmm. Um, now it may not mean as much if it weren't for the movie itself, but I can still listen to the Finding Nemo soundtrack and it just like brings these emotions. That's like, takes me on this journey. So yeah, I don't know. I love it. Um, um, it does uh, get bonus points for having beyond the sea by Robbie Williams at the end, which mm. I think is a, uh, interesting rare instance where a pixar movie popularized an old song for a new generation because i don't think i would know that song if it not for mm. finding
0: nemo oh that's like uh lovey and rose and wally yeah like yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah yeah
1: yeah but um but yeah i i think that finding nemo is my number two and not my number one simply because of wally so we'll talk mm. about wally later but yeah. like keep that in mind like finding nemo should be like for all intents and purposes, my number one. It's my favorite. It's my favorite Pixar movie. Yeah, um, and like Thomas Newman, he's just like no joke. I will go to Thomas Newman's Spotify and just play all of his soundtracks on shuffle, and like I'm happy.
0: Like he's <laughs> just everything he does is gold. So, anyways, Ben, what
1: what are your thoughts on yeah. Finding Nemo?
0: Yeah, couldn't agree anymore. I, I was I didn't set out for it to be my number one just because of the film. plan number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it, it just happened. Um Yeah, like. It's so interesting. I'm sure we'll talk as we go, like the different composers and Giacchino and Thomas Newman and like they're all so good in in their own ways. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Finding Nemo, um, similar to Up in that like uh, the Up soundtrack for me in that it's it it really makes the film. Mm-hmm. Um, they're married to the soundtrack and the film are, mm. are, are really tied together. Um, so I, I agree with you, Gareth. Um, the Finding Nemo soundtrack, oh, it's just like it has an amazing ambiance to it. Oh, yeah. Um, it's very immersive. I know that's an overused word, but very immersive uh, soundtrack. You, you, you've, you're in the sea a lot. Hmm. Um, it's beautifully sparse. And that, that's something that we'll actually see as we talk about Newman is that he, his soundtracks are like they age so well because of how sparse they are like he'll just bring in strings and the strings will drop out and then he'll bring yeah. in another instrument and it'll drop out. And it's like, yeah. it's almost like a, almost a modern approach in a way, like stripping things down a bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just such a creative soundtrack. Um, if you just listen to the first like four or five tracks, you, you have this beautiful score from the beginning, um, uh, of the theme. And then it goes into these like little fun things like Nemo's first day of school and the, Oh, it's just so creative. Yeah. It's, it's a really incredible soundtrack, and I would say probably out of all the soundtracks, this has like the best vibes. Like I, I just vibe out to the soundtrack yeah. so much. Oh yeah, because it's it, you mentioned how like immersive it is. It, a lot of that
1: for me, I think, is to do with the fact that Thomas Newman is a naturally ethereal kind mm, of composer. Is, yeah. Like everything he does, he's he's trying to create a atmosphere as opposed to like a catchy tune. Right. And so, um, if you listen to his other movies, I feel like. A lot of his, a lot of his like other films give off this same kind of like oceanic, kind of like floating in an abyss mm. kind of vibe. Yeah. But um, and it works in those movies, but it has never worked better than in Finding Nemo and Wally, which we'll talk about later. But um, it is, yeah, sure. But yeah, my standout tracks are mm-hmm. uh, like you mentioned the Nemo egg, which is like the main theme at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a oh. Dude, oh, um, hold on
0: that's so emotional <laughs> that's
1: that's like uh is a like yeah this whole soundtrack is pixar feels but yeah then you got news <laughs> travels we talked about that scene yeah. being like a very like uh pixar feelsy scene um but yeah that that's that's track on the soundtrack slaps um swim down oh yeah <laughs> it's so heavy when you listen to that track yeah um and then friends like these like the the ending kind of mm. like iconic bump like uh when they're in the reef at the end and there's the whole resolution period and yeah I yeah I think that uh finding Nemo is very deserving of your number one Ben yeah
0: yeah I'll throw another tile track uh, in addition to to the nemo egg for me was was it's just called finding nemo and it's it's oh, the yeah. very end of the film when yeah. when uh, he actually find when marlin finds nemo yeah. and it does the same the same main theme at the beginning but it's 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 really delicate and light and yeah. it's the tears it's roll it's kind of like for, a reprise type yeah. of
1: thing thing for the the whole nemo theme i guess yeah i love it hmm. yeah what else what else do we have in common, guys i think we talked about Inside Out, I
0: think, was one that was mm-hmm. on, or at least
1: mm-hmm. on ours, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Inside Out's not on my list. Okay. And, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you guys go for it.
3: <laughs>
2: I think, uh, so, so f- reference, going back to Finding Nemo real quick. Oh, okay. That's lower on my list. And I think it's because the lack of like major themes, like you mentioned, he's more of like an ambient like Mm -hmm. setting the stage like through sounds more than like, here's this theme for this character. Let's reference back to it. I, in both when I'm scoring things and when I'm listening to things, Mm -hmm. I like hearing those themes, Mm -hmm. hearing them come back later in the soundtrack and my brain is like, oh, this character must be doing something. Let me figure out what this character is doing. Mm -hmm. And I think Inside Out does that in a very like,
0: on the know. nose, kinda just
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think Bing Bong has a theme. Some of the some of the feeling characters has a theme. I think. I just listened to part of it this morning. <laughs> <laughs> but I know there's like very significant themes. I probably listened to the first yeah. five tracks, and that same right. theme came back. Maybe it's the same theme who's like for the main character, the girl. What's her name? The Riley. Yeah, Riley, yeah. thank yeah. you. And, it, and that main theme comes back in different emotional states. So the first one's really like light and then she's playing and that same theme is super fast and playful. And then yeah. she gets mad and the theme like turns to this angry thing, but it's the same theme every time. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah.
2: If you hear it, listen to the first 20 minutes of that soundtrack, you'll hear it 20 times. So yes. <laughs> yeah. it's so good. I think that's, that's one of the most standout things. And then it's, unique like the sounds that they're using are more playful Mm -hmm. um whereas one of the reasons toy story isn't on my list is because it sounds like a lot of other scores out there it's just like a orchestral kind of thing Mm -hmm. you're hearing very similar songs i feel like i could search any score and hear a song like those Mm -hmm. and this one is not like that there's a lot of like I know the character's bing-bong, but there's a lot of like bing-bong-bong-bing-bong bong, bing, bong yeah. kind of sounds to it that you don't yeah, yeah. hear in a lot of other movies. It's really creative yeah. and unique.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you, Tony. I, that's something that Michael Giacino does really well mm. is these reoccurring themes. And uh, that that's why also I love Up because it does the same thing, yeah. which we'll get to later. But, um, but yeah, Inside Out has that that reoccurring theme that's so good. Um, yeah, it, it is such a childlike soundtrack. It really embodies the mm. like feelings of a child. and um, And it is really creative, like uh there's there's times in the film where it like explores this like it 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 explores the, the ethereal space of the mind um but it's still like grounded with this theme and um yeah like the uh the i think it's the track Tears of Joy I think is one that's really interesting because the orchestration cuts back and it's just kind of this like really interesting um light space and then it kind of like sweeps back hmm. together um but uh, uh yeah it, the the uh the film is amazing, and uh, yeah, I love the I love the instruments that's used. The mix of like uh, orchestration and and almost kind of like I don't know if it's electronic. I don't know what you'd call it, but the instrument, the, yeah, the instrumentation is really cool. Yeah, so. mm. yeah, that yeah. one's got like definitely
1: like fun uses of music. Like like you're 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 not wrong. Like it's a it's a more playful soundtrack than some other yeah yeah other uh, Pixar soundtracks.
0: Right. Um, oh, uh, just to th- because we've been doing this as we've been going, we've been hum- humming the theme. That uh, I have to, I have to throw out the Finding Nemo theme because it's actually really mm. good. Do 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 do. It's sorry that I had to do it because like that, theme <laughs> just like hits me hard. So, well, we're talking about Inside Out now,
2: Ben. I know, well, I, why don't you do an Inside Out? I, I appreciate yeah. you throwing that back. I, you just singing that, I don't recognize that theme, which uh. I think. Shows the difference between the two composers, like how yeah. much it's used. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sure if I listened to it on the soundtrack and all the other sounds were going, I'd be like, "Oh!" But you yeah. saying "do do 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 do," yeah, like, it's... I'm like, "Oh, that's the Inside Out." Exactly. Soundtrack. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. He's yeah. He does a good job of, of it. Sticks with
2: you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I I can see that, and the yeah. The only the only part of talking about Finding Nemo again. The only part of Finding Nemo that I, I for sure recall there being like what you would call like mm-hmm. a callback theme would be what Ben was talking about with the Finding Nemo track is a reprise of Nemo Egg. Yeah. So you have a theme for Nemo, and I think that there's a theme for Dory, but I honestly don't know what it yeah, is. So that. that's like to your point, Tony, like <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember which like melody line or what like – it. it It is that is supposed to be Dory's theme, I should say. Um, So, yeah. No. Uh, Inside Out, though, is definitely great. Mm -hmm. Um, What else did we have in common? Somebody had Monsters, Inc. on their list. Yeah, that's my number five. Yep. Okay. So, your number five is my number three. So, Mm, um, now, I have to ask. Did you have any other Randy Newman tracks on your list? Nope. Okay. So, we're in agreement. This is peak Randy Newman then.
0: Dude, I'm so <laughs> That sounds like really bad because Toy Story is so amazing, but but I felt the same way. I was like I really think this is his
1: best, but like am I off here? Like No, it's 100% his best. So, uh, so like here's one of my points is uh every time Randy Newman save for cars. I don't think he did this with cars, but um every uh Randy Newman score comes with you know, one or more songs that are written by him in the voice of the characters. So, like, in Toy Story, you got, you got a friend in me, and then you've got, um, I go sailing no more. And so you've got, like, these different tracks that are, um, like, it sung in the voices of the characters, right? Well, Randy's always the one who's singing those songs. This is the one soundtrack he did where he actually had the actors mm. singing their song, so you, <laughs> so um, if I didn't have you is sung by John Goodman and Billy Crystal, and that's just like extra special. So I give it bonus points for that yeah. because like their rendition of it is by far the preferred version over like mm-hmm. Randy because Randy does his own rendition of right. it, yep. but it's nowhere near as good as the Billy Crystal John Goodman version. Yeah, um, but yeah, it just has all the the hallmarks of a great randy newman score um, but i think just because of the visual flavor of the monster world um just the music has it it just hits in a particular way in the context of like this colorful monstropolis like it's it's more transportative because you know uh uh, toy story just takes place in a kid's bedroom we've all been in a kid's bedroom right but monstropolis is a place that none of us have actually been Mm. so uh so like you listen to uh, this soundtrack, it, it it transports you to an actual place as opposed to like just giving you like feelings of nostalgia, like mm-hmm. looking at my toys kind of thing.
0: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It is a really creative um, or a, a, a really a really fun soundtrack. Like I just felt like this soundtrack is just it's so playful and fun, um, and and it's jazzy. Like there's like this jazz elements. Yes. To yeah, Yeah. It. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah.
1: But, yeah, my standout tracks for Monsters, Inc., uh, obviously, if I didn't have you, that's just mm. iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Monsters, Inc., the the main theme for Monsters, Inc., mm. uh, Walk to Work, Boo's Going Home. Um, mm. So you're talking mm-hmm. about, Tony, you were talking about, like, theme, callback themes. Boo is a character who clearly has her own theme. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to try humming it because it's actually kind of high. But <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: What, how does that go again? It's like. I, I do it. Like, <laughs> it's like a
1: doo, 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 doo. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that yeah. that whole uh-huh. melody. Um but yeah, so you've got you've got um that song and yeah, it's just there's there's so many great tracks in this one.
0: Yeah, it really is. It, it the, the soundtrack really keeps you guessing because it's mm-hmm. like said so with Monstropolis, it explores so many different fun elements. Um, the the scare floor has a theme and yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 really engaging. Uh, there's lots of there is some notes of Toy Story that kind of come in. Yeah, um, but it, but I think what really for me uh, I think that got it on my list, um, and this ties into your point, Tony, about having themes is i was listening to the soundtrack and i'm thinking i'm like this is it's a playful it's a fun soundtrack but there was nothing that really like was really drawing me to it i mean like i said it's really fun but like why should this be on my list and it was once i had i heard the track boo's tired Hmm. and i remember that scene in the film uh when she starts because it's a big character moment yeah for sully and and mike and um they're starting to fall in love with boo and that theme then uh comes back again um, throughout the film, and um, my second favorite track is, is "Booze Going Home," mm-hmm. and it's at the end of the film, and then it actually it's it's again when the very end of the film, um, and uh, it it just gives you the feels, man. It, it honestly yeah. like this score <laughs> makes me want to cry like, like hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, that that particular theme is so good.
1: Yeah, both of those both of those tracks I I highlighted because those are those are two of my favorites too, but. But yeah, any 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 of the themes that have like Boo involved just like had that that pull because because mm-hmm. yeah. that's really what her character represents is like this paternal um, pull that Sully gets, and so the way Randy Newman kind of wove that uh, into her theme, it just adds a lot of emotion when you're listening to the soundtrack because mm-hmm. you just like I just want to hold a baby right now. <laughs> 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 does anybody
2: have a baby <laughs> uh. one uh, one other highlight track so this all very nearly made my top five list okay um and so the track boo is a cube <laughs> where, where, yes. yeah, Sully thinks she's been yes. killed and turned into this trash heap. I remember it. Cube. It's got kind of like a, a, a yes. bouncy, like
1: bump, 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 yeah. kind of <laughs> theme. This,
2: it's so funny. Just listening yeah. to it, it's even funny because yeah. it it jumps back and forth between this like super dramatic like oh my god Sully in the movie is like yeah. passing out every time yeah. he looks at <laughs> yeah. this and it sounds like that and then Boo in the movies, just like waltzing along with their yeah. friends and the soundtrack yeah. does the same thing and it's so funny yeah. it's yeah. so well done
1: oh That's yeah great. I'm glad you mentioned that I, for, <laughs> I, I forgot about that scene but like I do I do know exactly what you're talking about where it's like dun 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 dun, dun, dun like really intense music and then
0: just like Sweet, happy, yeah, yeah, like, skipping along, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, that's, that's got to be like Randy Newman's. Like his thing is, he's just so good at like you know not only embodying characters but really making soundtracks like really fun. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, but yeah.
1: So, were there any other overlaps
2: we had? Um, I think so, up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do I don't. I don't have up. Yeah. Feel like we were like up for the same reasons. <laughs> oh dude, take it away, man. <laughs> so um I recently watched Up in the last two weeks probably. And this is this is the only film that made my list because I listened to the film only while watching the movie. Mm. The other ones that made my list, uh maybe with the exception of Cars, but the other ones that made my list were because I was listening to the soundtrack and I was like, oh, I like this about the soundtrack. Mm. But up Brings those Pixar feels in big time with that piano piece. I can't sing it right now. I can't think of how it goes, but oh yeah, oh um, yeah, married life. Yeah, and it just that theme comes back at the most like dramatic parts of the movie, Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh my goodness, this is gonna make me cry right now.
0: (laughs) That's it. Yeah, 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 that that
2: theme alone made made that movie make my list. Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Yeah. No, it's it's so good, man. Oh yeah. That, that, uh, I would put that in line for me with, um, uh, similar to Inside Out and in that it's just mm-hmm. this thematic that, and he just, he uses it so well throughout the film. And it's just like, every time it's like
3: turns ah, in yeah. your heart a little bit more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: um, and yeah, no, it, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's, it's probably, I wrote down the most emotional score. Mm-hmm, oh yeah. yeah. Of Pixar. For sure.
1: Well, and it's also, like, in in today's day and age, like, at least as far as the TikTok generation goes, this is probably the most iconic track. Married Life is probably the most iconic track of all Pixar, like, more iconic than You've Got a Friend in Me. Mm -hmm. Because it just is used um, so versatilely with, like, meme culture and with, like, you know, just general... Videos on on online so it is definitely more recognizable for younger generations. So um So I, I would give it points for that because that's not that's not a knock on it It's like mm-hmm. it is that good of a song mm-hmm. that it has transcended the movie itself and become kind of like this like uh universally recognized uh, piece of music Where when you hear it you just start crying
2: mm-hmm. No yeah. matter what's going on I right know now, <laughs> Yeah
0: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, like it's 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 been kinda hijacked like uh you know
2: <laughs> That's <laughs> like, one way of putting it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like TikTok, you know, it's like some dude is just doing a thing, but then you have the music and you're <laughs> like uh it makes you care more like yeah. that that says so much about michael Giacchino
1: um in this soundtrack because uh because you're you're not wrong like somebody could literally just be showing off their new french press making a new cup of <laughs> make, making like a fresh cup of coffee Ba-da-da-da. and but they're playing married life over it it's suddenly compelling yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's so true but like to be fair like up, up's not on my top 5 but uh it definitely deserves an honorable mention from me. I to be fair, like it, it the whole soundtrack is good. Married right. Life is the one track that just kind of like, in Ben's words, got
0: hijacked. Yeah, but yeah. the rest of the soundtrack is just as good. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I, I wrote down that um, this is uh, my opinion. Michael Giacchino's magnum opus. Oh, I'd agree Ooh. with that. Um, Wait, so. would I? <laughs> I was gonna say, Incredibles, Incredibles is in my top five. Yeah, 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 is that. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to agree with that. Uh, you're fine to, to disagree, but um, yeah, it's it's so, it's so good. It's uh, you know, it's it's old timey. Got that old timey uh, um, charm to it. It's a very endearing uh, score. It's 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 clearly a, a love story. You know, the soundtrack itself. So um, yeah, the the again, like Finding Nemo for me, the score makes the movie. Um, and lastly, I would say that, um, this score, it, the whole soundtrack, it perfectly embodies Carl's character, like his emotions, Hmm. Hmm. the, the, the score I feel like really, uh, is just, it's Carl's emotions throughout the film. Like if, if you think about it that way and you're listening to the score and you're like, oh, what's Carl feeling right now in the film? Like it's like on point, and, and this goes back to quickly to, to Garrett's point earlier about you know, you can just listen to the soundtrack. I was listening to the soundtrack, and I'm like, and I was just like totally, I knew exactly where I was in the film because the soundtrack just it just like taking you on this journey of mm. the the heartbreak and the um and the joy and the hope that like Carl has throughout the film. It's mm, mm. perfect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> More alien slime coming right up. Gone the primitive days of feasting on
4: fear and scoring scares. No longer is a monster measured
1: by the horror that he inflicts. Because Monsters Incorporated is pioneering a whole new kind of energy to power your city, come meet our talented jokesters, who are responsible for the Monstropolis power grid's 120% surge. I used to
4: be a janitor and I told jokes to my mop. Now I tell jokes to kids and they love me. Think you got what it takes? Sign up for Monsters Incorporated's open auditions. I'm Monsters Incorporated. It's laughter
1: we're after.
4: Take your next vacation in the number one rated tourist destination in South America. The jungle surrounding Paradise Falls is home to over 8,000 species of local flora and 1,800 species of fauna, including the endangered Kevin Bird. There's no shortage of adventure when exploring the area's vast array of wildlife. But don't forget that Paradise Falls is also home to the historic landing site of the Fredrickson House. Come take a guided tour of this celebrated home and learn about the extraordinary lives of Carl and Ellie Fredrickson, as well as Carl's noteworthy contributions to local conservation efforts book your vacation to paradise falls today your next big adventure is just around the corner
2: here's your refill enjoy the rest of the show so a highlight track in inside out that i didn't share is the track abstract thought
0: oh, and okay. it,
2: it really doesn't show up as far as i know it doesn't show up any other place in the movie um but the from a theory standpoint, it's very interesting just to listen to the like chord choices and the harmony choices that Giacchino uses. Um, because in abstract thought, it's like nothing's like quite connecting together in the right way and doesn't quite make total sense. And throughout the whole thing, I'm pretty sure every bit of harmony that he uses is dissonant, like it doesn't sound good together, mm. but he does it in a way that makes it sound good as a whole. But if you were to just play one of the chords he chooses it would be super clashy and then um so it's this like really fast paced piece where every single note that's played is dissonant with something else and then as it the the track starts to wrap up there's like two different theme, or there's there's two different groups of people playing the same theme together but they slightly get off of time with each other hmm. and one starts slowing down slightly more than the other and from someone who played in like band and orchestras like doing that would be so difficult to like the conductor would have to almost pl- like conduct two different times like oh, tempos wow. at the yeah. same yeah. time. And they start like breaking apart from each other, but it's two large groups of people. Yeah. So from like both a writers standpoint on that piece of just like, How do you choose all of these chords that don't sound good together, but when you put them together as a whole, they make sense and sound good? Uh, And then also from the player's perspective, how do you lock in with half a group and play this chunk of music in your own tempo and ignore the other group of people who are playing the same thing at a slightly different tempo? It's just such an impressive piece of music. And it's only like, you know, 45 seconds long or something, (laughs) but it's just like, wow, highlight it just highlights the skill of the people and the talent of the people involved. It's just so good, yeah that's that's why we brought Tony onto the live show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly
1: uh, by the way, by the way, Ben and I are also musicians, and we've played in like you know groups with Tony before and uh and yeah we're we are also musically intimidated by him. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever.
0: If you audience if, if you're intimidated, we are more no. intimidated.
2: This is an abstract, man.
0: <laughs> uh, absolutely. I mean like I really want to go back now and check yeah. that out honestly. Oh, yeah. Like, no, like abstract that, thought is one, so good. Yeah,
1: 100% yeah. that is something I'm going to go listen to later. Yeah. After like I re-listen to this recording, I'm going to be like, "Okay, what's he talking about?" Yeah. But no, uh, no, I love that. Yeah. Give it give us more tidbits like that.
2: I'll do my best. That might be the only one I got. Okay. Well other uh, than Incredibles having the best I wrote okay, so the Incredibles, I'm gonna talk about this for ten seconds. Okay, oh, go, go, ahead. Ahead. Yeah, the, go ahead. The overall, like the 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 little phrase I can put on the whole soundtrack yeah. is sixties spy swankiness. Oh yeah. And that's the best tidbit I got for that. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I just enjoyed swanky. the word swankiness. I feel like oh, it yeah. fits so well. Yeah. Anyways, it is a swanky soundtrack. (laughs)
1: It's very swanky. Um. Yeah. Did you have anything else to share about Up before we moved on to the
2: next? Mm, Not really. Okay. Other than just like how he uses that piano piece, it's very much like Inside Out. How he takes that theme Mm -hmm. and uses it so well with different emotions. And I'm I'm interested to look to go back and watch that and see if that theme only gets played when he's, um like remembering or feeling some way because of Ellie. Mm-hmm. Like, Could I wonder that. if that theme gets played any other time when he's just walking around or if it's only like when he looks at the house or when yeah. he's remembering something about Ellie because right. it is married life. Like yeah. that theme comes in because it tells their whole entire story. Yeah. I'm interested to know if it only comes up when he's thinking about, which is a large portion of the f- film when he's thinking about Ellie. But yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that, Tony, because I was going to say my other title track is Mar- is uh, stuff we did. Mm, what um, is that stuff we did so that i th- actually i like that one even more than married life um because it really it's just it's so emotional so it's, it's is that the one on the cliff when he's in the house looking at the scrapbook at the yes. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. As he's remembering. And that's when he, that's that's the point in the film, like probably one of the most heart wrenching parts of the yes. film mm-hmm. where he, he's in the adventure book and then he sees like, it's like she has a message, like, you know, you are my adventure. Yes. Yeah. You know? So
1: I, oh, I, I need I just to, answer, I know, just I know back. we're not talking <laughs> yeah. about the actual films in this episode. Ooh. We're talking about the soundtracks. But I do, I do want to say, Ben, like that scene, well, mm. like in, in Up, I'm pretty sure when I first saw this in theaters, like, Sure, like the first ten minutes got me. Like, who did it not get? Exactly. But I am, I am fairly certain I had a much more visceral reaction to that scene. Right. Like, like Mm. my like physical compulsion to cry was was way more triggered from that scene than the the opening ten
2: minutes. And hanging out right behind what you were seeing is.
3: (laughs) Stop it. So, no it
0: it is so good and lastly i wanted to say so then at the end of the film the the one of the other best scores is called ellie's badge and it's oh, when he gives the badge oh, to to yeah. Russell grape oh, soda yeah. God, yeah and it comes back again is
2: like that theme comes back the see, same I, one I, yeah same one oh, oh, yeah
1: see i think like that one that one got me too but like only like on rewatches right mm. cuz i want to say i want to say that that one like, the first time I saw it, it, didn't actually hit me as hard. But now, like, maybe it's because I'm, like, older and have more of, like, I don't know, like an adult instinct. So, like, I don't know. It means something different. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, that one is definitely good, too. Mm. So, uh, what else do we have in common on our list? So, like. Uh, I believe you're number one. My number one know. is Wally. Is and that I mean, on your list? It's not, but I think it's on Ben's. Ben, what was Wally on yours? Number three. Oh okay. Nice. So uh, so yeah, I I for me, Wally and Finding Nemo go kind of hand in hand. Like hmm. they're both Thomas Newman. Yep. Um, they're both like like absolute you used the word magnum opus earlier talking about the up soundtrack for Michael Giacchino. Um and it's so hard when looking at Finding Nemo and Wally next to each other cuz to me they're both like his magnum opus they're so good, but so yeah. But here's why. Here's my hot take. Why Wally just slightly edges out Finding Nemo. Okay. Okay, so Finding Nemo, this might be controversial, but I think Finding Nemo would still be a great movie. Now, don't get me wrong, Thomas Newman absolutely adds everything to that movie and makes it better and elevates it and like completes it. But Finding Nemo would still be a great movie without Thomas Newman. But I think Wally starts to fall apart without Thomas Newman. Okay. Mm. so carry on that's a good good take okay so like let me hear why (laughs) okay so wally is a a protagonist who doesn't talk like the first what is it 20 minutes of the movie that's true there's no dialogue and the music is absolutely fundamental Mm -hmm. you cannot tell that story without that music and so like um like just look at the 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 theming of it where you've got like space and you've got this dreamer character who's like looking up into the stars and it just like everything that we've talked about, what we love about Thomas Newman, like he's got this ethereal soundscape where he is transportative and he just puts you in kind of like this, uh, like very almost psychedelic yeah. state of mind mm-hmm. with his music. yeah, um, And like that 100% functions as a tool to tell the story of wally right um but i mean beyond that like on a a lighter note i i want also want to highlight that um, this is one of the few pixar films that has an actual collaboration um between the score writer and a singer songwriter to add to the to the to the credits of the music so Mm -hmm. Mm. the the song i think down down to earth from the credits of this movie Absolutely get slept on. I just recently Mm -hmm. listened to um, the episode, the Animation Addicts podcast um, has an episode where they talked about um, all the Pixar songs, basically all the songs with lyrics that appear in Pixar songs. And I was so mad because they they literally were like, there's apparently a song in WALL-E called Down to Earth. I don't remember it. Let's move on. Oh, and I was so like fun, yeah. but it's the best one. Like on this entire list, every song that you guys are talking about um but no, down to earth It's just like it's a fun pop song. So Peter for those who don't know Peter Gabriel a singer-songwriter. He sings on it, but it still has a a sound like a sonic vibe that mm. matches the score. Yeah, and it's cuz it's co-written by Peter Gabriel and Thomas Newman, like oh. they collaborated mm. on it, nice, so that it fits in with the soundtrack. It doesn't feel like this jarring, like because like in a lot of animated movies, this becomes like kind of like a uh, a criticism of 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 some animated movies where they just hire a random pop star, yeah. have them just make like a super random fun pop track that kids will like, right? And then they just throw it in the credits. And this is not that. This is yeah. uh this is an actual effort to make that pop song that that you know is really mm. fun and ex- and and like fun to listen to like they're trying to make it actually fit into the soundtrack yeah cohesive, so yeah. yeah it's just it's a fun flavor fun vibe um i wish more films would do this where the composer collaborates with the singer yeah for the track mm. on the credits totally
0: yeah but that's such a jam too yeah
1: yeah and then, and then, like another point for this for this uh, soundtrack is that um, it it use, it utilizes some pre existing pieces of iconic music. Um, so I don't know how to pronounce all these, but like you'll recognize, uh, I think it's called also Sprock Zarathustra <laughs> and Blue Danaboo. I don't know if I'm pronouncing those <laughs> right, but these are like references to 2001: A Space Odyssey. Oh, okay, um, yeah. And then you also get, like, the soundtrack from Hello, Dolly. Um, Mm -hmm. And that just all adds a lot of, like, mystique to the soundtrack, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we might have already mentioned this, but, yeah, and Rose, uh, Louis Armstrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's an interesting one, too, because that, like, I love Louis Armstrong. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, he's great. You know, it's a wonderful, uh, what a wonderful wild. Like, you know. Yeah. (laughs) uh, For those who don't know, but uh, that track is, like, I remember seeing it when with Wally and I'm like, this is such a Pixar
2: uh, song, but it's yeah. like,
0: it's not. Yeah. So that's
2: just interesting. Is that the one that he's, that he plays on the little iPod or whatever? Yeah. 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 And that's like a, that's like a significant, that's, that's a piece of music that's significant to the story too. Right. It is. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's, that's up. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I got it. Uh.
1: Oh yeah. yeah, that's some great mouth <laughs> Dude, trumpet. That's, that
2: sounds like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that's awesome. Um, but you, you 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 just said something about something sounding Pixar esque. One thing I forgot to mention about uh, Down to Earth, the the Peter Gabriel song, um, like the first time I heard it, I genuinely thought it was Randy Newman singing. He sounds oh, he yeah. sings in a very similar style and range to yeah. Randy Newman in that song um which i just think adds to the 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 lore of pixar where it's like this yeah. is what pixar's sound kind sound, of is yeah. so like like other artists who are now singing songs in pixar movies are kind of i don't know if he was directly influenced by Randy Newman or not but like i my in my head canon it's like he knew you know you got a friend in me and and right. and all these other Randy Newman songs and so he's kind of
0: um making it sound like that. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's so good, man. Yeah, it, you're absolutely right. Like, it, Wally and Finding Nemo are, are so similar. mm mm-hmm. um, And they're on the top of my list because I I, I I agree that I think that the the top of his canon of his log, you know, and, um, it, yeah, it's such a cinematic uh, and creative score. Um, it's also very immersive, too, oh, like, yeah. that score. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it starts out kind of, like, really interesting and sci fi and kind of, like, um, like almost like live action score-esque. <laughs> yeah. At the beginning of it, it's like, it's almost off-putting a little bit. Yeah. At the beginning of the like off-putting in the sense of like, it's, it doesn't feel like kitty and stuff. It's like very like serious and kind of mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like, uh, almost doomsday kind yeah. of vibe, you know? Um, but then it, um, but then it picks up with these, with these, these memorable scores, um, uh, that we'll get to in a second, but yeah, it's it's um yeah, it, re- it really shows like the innocence uh, of like of this 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 robot and you know newfound love yeah um and uh, and it, yeah it's it's so good like so title tracks can I jump into that oh yeah or, standouts yeah yeah standouts so like um, my top two are uh, Eve. Yep. and Define Dancing. So those are, mm. those
1: are in my top four. I, I also noted uh, 72 degrees and sunny and, and obviously down to earth. But I think you're right that um, Eve is obviously great, but I think Define Dancing... If we're if we're talking magnum opus, uh-huh. like that's
0: probably that's probably the peak of this soundtrack for Thomas Newman. Yeah, it it is. It's yeah, no, it's so good. And it and I I was listening to it, and it's it's actually the same theme even to find dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because
2: so. it's because that's the love theme for the film. Yeah. And this is when they're floating around in space, and yeah. he's got the fire extinguisher. Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You're right,
1: and uh, and I love so. One, one thing we didn't really talk about, like again, the difference between Wally and Finding Nemo. So, well, Finding Nemo is is all about water. Mm. And so, we were talking about how that ethereal aspect kind of works with that. And then, in this movie, you've got Defined Dancing, which takes place in outer space, mm. which is mm. arguably, like, an even more grand scope version of being in the abyss of underwater. Right, yeah. <laughs> but But not only are you using that kind of sonic flavor to its full capacity but you're also adding sci-fi elements because mm. all the all the scenes that take place on the axiom um, he's doing different things than what he did in finding Nemo. Whereas yeah. I feel like a lot of the stuff sonically that he did in finding Nemo, he was able to repurpose in this because yeah. of the space theme, but he's also doing more like new unique stuff with like this so- uh, sci-fi sound where there's a lot more, I don't, I don't know if you want to call them beeps and boops, but yeah, like, I know what you mean. Yeah. But like, uh, it, it definitely comes off more, uh, I'm trying to think what to
0: compare it to. Like, not star trek but you know it it does something
1: something slightly more pulpy yeah it Mm
0: -hmm. almost has like a star wars kind of (laughs) like fun like vibe where like there's i forget which score it was i think it's it might be the wally track um but it's like it's got this little like almost like a tin can sound that's like okay yeah and it's like he's utilizing these these interesting uh Sounds and instruments, yeah, yeah, like
1: lots of little tinks and yeah.
0: <laughs> almost like robots.
1: That's a good yeah. example. So the 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 old movie by Blue Sky Animation, um, R.I.P. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, the old movie by Blue Sky Animation uh, called Robots uh, used that same kind of uh, like lots of metallic tones, yeah, to kind of underscore. Um, to to give it more of a robotic hmm. feel, and I think they that Thomas kind of did that a little bit in in Wally, yeah.
2: But that's cool. I want to give a just some praise to him for. Yeah, you were saying at the beginning how it's there's no dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's just Wally strolling along doing his thing. He yep. doesn't even have like facial expressions. His eyes move a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, He he does some movements with his body, but it's a, it's a robot driving around and cleaning up trash and you have to score that somehow. <laughs> yes. And I did, uh, the short film for you guys, um, where color comes from. Oh, yeah. And that was a silent film where it was only music. I don't even, well, it, for 90% of it, it was just music. Yeah. Um, and i had a new refreshing respect for people who score things that are quote unquote silent films i know yeah. there's other sound effects and stuff that happen in WALL-E, but it's it takes so much more energy and like precise thinking to score something without dialogue because normally you'll have 30 seconds of a film or whatever with no dialogue. And then someone talks, so you back it off. And you're like, yeah. okay, I'll just put something under this dialogue that kind of like supports what they're talking about or their emotions. Uh, yeah. And then I'll bring back whatever. Like, I'm going to ramp this back up when there's no dialogue or they're mm-hmm. traveling or moving or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole beginning of this film. Yeah. Like, any time it's only Wally or just Wally and Eve, there's no dialogue. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just music the whole time and sound effects. And then... So, both to, like, whoever, I don't know animation terms, but whoever, like, animated them, these, like, not human things, they're very, like clunky Wally, yeah. yeah and then eve has like three parts to her body that move like however they four, four parts four parts that yeah. move however they like whoever they are who creatively decided like how their bodies should move to convey an emotion yeah plus the music like those that team right there is stellar because that is <laughs> oh, yeah. i can't imagine that was easy oh, on yeah. the creative board like oh man like there's there, uh, like half of this movie doesn't have dialogue how do yeah. we make this enjoyable for people yeah, yeah. like if, if you think about it wally like like in live
1: action if if wally was a human character and it was live action mm-hmm. that would already be challenging yeah. because like he, he's a mute character he's not talking so you uh you're like what you're saying you're you're putting a lot of work on the person writing the score mm-hmm. to help convey different emotions. But in that scenario, you have a on-camera human who's giving a performance that's going to add a lot. Yeah. But yeah. then once you make it animated... Whoa, you're putting a lot of work on the animators then. <laughs> yeah. But then oh, then you make the character, the mute character a robot <laughs> That's a with rolling limited mobility can. and expressions <laughs> yeah. and like
0: no dialogue. Yeah, yeah nothing.
1: It, it's like wow. it's like they literally stacked the odds against themselves and still yeah. succeeded and that says so much about Pixar animators and it says so much about
2: Thomas Newman. Yeah. So
1: thank you for highlighting that.
2: Yeah. And yeah. for reference, they did this so well. I'm not gonna ask you guys to show where it ends up on your top however many lists yeah. for Pixar, but this movie is number four on my overall list, like just of Pixar movies. Yeah. And for like that beats a lot of movies and yeah. half of it doesn't have dialogue. Like yeah. those creators did such an outstanding job. With oh, that. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Oh I, yeah. I I I'm not gonna spoil where
1: it is, but yeah. I Wally is not Near as high ranking as Finding Nemo, mm. so the fact that it edges out um, Finding Nemo in mm. soundtrack that that just says so much to me about like how much of an achievement, and that's why that's why I'm like leaning towards giving yeah. giving the status of magnum opus to Wally because yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah like there's just. So much more to appreciate. I th- I think for me
0: mm. about about Wally's soundtrack over Finding Nemo's. Yeah. Well, speaking of magnum opuses, um, I've seen a, a a video essay on YouTube that that claims that Wally is uh, like the film itself is mm. Pixar's magnum opus. So, oh, wow. There's you know there are fans out there, and I, I yeah I mean that's definitely an interesting argument because it is like you guys said so much work um, when there's not dialogue, and I would say like I'm actually drawing a connection now from from Wally. Uh, especially the beginning, to now the first few minutes of Up mm-hmm. um, because Up mm-hmm. is also non-dialogue. yeah, And uh, so, so much is relying on the composer, but yeah. obviously we're also not talking about uh, right now about the animators and what goes into literally every, I mean, it's visual storytelling, yeah. Uh, yeah. right? Yeah. Every movement, everything. And so, I mean, you could argue that uh, both, you know, the beginning of WALL-E and the beginning of Up, If you if you took away all of the sound, just the visual you, you would n- understand what's happening it's imp- so impressive that they're able to tell these stories without yeah, dialogue, dialogue. Yeah. yeah so uh is that is that your
1: whole top five list ben I, have we have we have we talked about everything on your list yep okay and then nice. tony i think i remember i think i remember because you had the you had the giaccino fest happening oh, yes. i want to say i don't remember where where it ranked but the the last thing on your list that we haven't talked about is rise to we you know um, I've
2: got two. Oh, I've got Ratatouille and Cars. Oh,
1: that's right, Cars because yeah. uh, Randy Newman. Well, let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about Cars because yeah, Cars that's, will be brief. That's a very interesting <laughs> pick, right? Randy yeah. Newman. Yeah, I like so, I I like
2: the Cars soundtrack, but mm-hmm. I really want to hear why it hit your number so, five. So, confession, I didn't actually listen to the soundtrack. Oh no, that's the, fine. The reason so so Randy Newman. Unless it was, like, a decision of his to bring these songs in. Randy Newman has nothing to do with the reason why this is number five. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, I see what it's, you're saying. It's the use of the, the like, the songs that are in it. The songs with words. Oh, yeah. That are in yeah. It, yeah, 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 Which is Life is a Highway. Yep. Uh-huh. And she boom. Yeah. I think it's what, what it's called. Yeah. And Shaboom is when they're, like waltzing around downtown yeah and, and the neons be all be turning dream. around and they like throw it back to their glory days of yes. like what radiator springs was yeah and Crucial. one like we we loved this movie when we were younger my dad is a big car like car like actual cars guy, oh, yeah. like yeah, engines yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff mm. and so he liked this movie we watched this movie a lot and those two songs are just like just perfect with what's going on in the film like life is a highway driving and they if you've ever been on a road trip like they they show the scenes of like um passing the cornfields or whatever and you're looking at the rows yeah. and just what that looks like and then the telephone lines the electric lines going up and down and up and down uh-huh. as you're driving past them and then life is a highway is playing behind it and it's such a road trip song <laughs> yeah it it's is it's just it perfectly placed in that film and it's the same thing with Shaboom. Oh, yeah. And it's it just throws me back to my like when I was younger. Yeah. So
1: Yeah, I I I do like cars um and and talking about Shaboom real quick like mm-hmm. uh I talked about this on the Parks episode where we were talking about the the Disney Parks but mm-hmm. in California Adventure if you go to Radiator Springs at sunset they play that song so that you can cruise like people do this actual dance like on the street like they're cruising up and down
2: they're walking or they drive their cars no they're walking
1: Oh, but they're it's 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 supposed to be
2: that's sick
1: yeah it's supposed to be like an opportunity for you like like i had i was there i had the opportunity i did not but um you can get on the the street like and physically kind of
2: like Mm. you're just walking in a line
1: kind of like a conga line but but yeah yeah, you're just kind of like bouncing with the music (laughs) and
2: yeah I guess that was a thing. Like my dad talks about somewhere around us, uh a couple towns over, they would do this was I don't know, what 70s, but yeah. they would, you know, be strolling down Main Street going like 5 miles an hour in their nice cars and whatever they were working on and they like eventually got ran out of the town. They're like, "Guys, stop. This is Main Street. <laughs> like get out of here." Um but I think it's a cool throwback to that like style that that yeah. just cruise through a town, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah that that's era. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm I'm
1: looking at the soundtrack right now, um, and it does have like it has a lot of like more so than any other Pixar movie that I can think of, a lot of uses of uh, pre-existing um, like songs. Like we were talking yeah. about how Finding Nemo kind of popularized um, that Robbie Williams song for our generation, but then you've got this movie. Um, Bringing in Cheryl Crow, Chuck Berry, Rascal Flatts, like you said, mm-hmm. Brad Paisley, um, James Taylor, The yeah, Chords. Wow. Yeah, okay, I didn't
2: realize there were that many. Wow. Um, like, there's a, there's a <laughs> lot of
1: stuff here. And so, uh, uh, John Mayer? What? Um, and then, uh, I could have sworn, I'm not seeing it on the list, but I could have sworn, wasn't there a song that um, was actually written for the movie?
0: Um in Cars? Uh
2: yeah.
1: was that Cars Three? Well, there was one in Cars Three, but I could have sworn. I'm trying to look it up right now. Um but, but, but yes. So the song Our Town, performed by James Taylor, was written by Randy Newman for the movie.
3: Ah. So
1: <laughs> so like if you if you ever uh go back and listen to that soundtrack, listen to that song because that is the one song that was actually like cars unique hmm. so anyway nice.
2: cars by um, or car, cars number five because of nostalgia respect respect
1: I I can't I can't lie every time I hear life is a highway I get hype mm-hmm. yeah it's such a <laughs> jam yeah uh, by the way we need to make a playlist after this but can we like put like a spotify playlist in the show notes or something yeah oh, so that, that, links all these so, that so that the audience can like kind of like come back and listen to like our highlight tracks like Ooh. the stuff we're talking about yeah let's do it that would be that'd nice. be awesome um so my number five you just shared your number five'll mm-hmm. I'll, I'll uh, finish off my list here um turning red so oh, this yeah. is by far the most uh, out-of-left-field pick I feel like any of us have for our top fives because this is such a new soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also uh, not at all in line with, like, typical Pixar because, like, we've been talking about Giacchino, we've been talking about the Newman Cousins, but we have not talked about uh, Lud- Ludwig Gorinsons. I am so sorry <laughs> if I'm mispronouncing this. Uh, Ludwig Gorinsons uh is is the guy who did the score for turning red now i'm giving uh giving partial credit to him for the soundtrack and also partial credit to billy eilish and her brother phineas o'connell mm-hmm. um, because this is one of those soundtracks where um uh, it's kind of got a duality to it so you've got ludwig's score which is like a very chinese inspired um score that uh, kind of seamlessly meshes with some um, early 2000s vibes, like pop vibes. Um, like one of the best example tracks that I'll highlight is uh, the song Temple Duties um, where he's kind of like infusing this uh, 2000s early pop, hip hop kind of uh, beat, but it's got a very Chinese uh, instrumental sound to it I don't I I, I, I'm probably doing a terrible job describing Mm -hmm. it but yeah go listen to like temple duties (laughs) and you'll know what I mean um but like I like what he does with the soundtrack a lot I think it's very very good soundtrack but what tips it over the edge for me is is Billy Eilish and Phineas O'Connell's um contribution so they collaborated with uh again I'm gonna get these names wrong but singers Grayson Villanueva um Jordan Fisher and who that is Josh Levi um and these are the guys who make up, along with Phineas, uh, Four Town. Oh, and nice. so, not only not only do they deliver three whole original songs with multiple variations of those songs throughout the film, uh, but they actually. So, my favorite track is a collaboration. So, we were talking about collaborations between singer songwriters and composers earlier, um, that I really appreciate. Uh, in In this soundtrack, you can listen to the track "Pandas Unite." Um, slash nobody like you reprise so in that one it's it's uh got this like very like uh uh, i don't know what you call it like a chanting um like almost almost chinese but gregorian kind of vibe and um and then uh then 4Town comes in and starts singing back <laughs> up. And so it's like a mashup between Nobody Like You, this pop song that's meant to be like a um early 2000s boy band song, but it's meshed up with this like exciting Chinese chant. Nice. And it's just very very creative. It gets yeah. me every time I like listen to this a lot. And so um so yeah, that that's why I love this soundtrack. So my my highlights are obviously going to be like one true love. One of that's one of the four town, four town tracks. Um, I already mentioned Temple duties. Um, you know what's up is another one of the four town tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do a, a version of it in the movie called the Panda Hustle version. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's it's kind of again kind of mixed in with the the vibe of the score. Um, that's during the uh, the montage sequence where they're they're like swindling all their friends into paying for panda <laughs> merchandise. <laughs> and uh and then of course like pandas unite would be my favorite track
0: on the soundtrack. So that's mm. why Turning Red popped into my top 5. Mm. Nice. It's it's really good. It, it made my honorable mentions list. Okay. <laughs> um and uh, yeah, I mean I remember enjoying the film. Yeah, when it came out and um obviously I love Four Town, you know. Yeah. Uh um but uh yeah, I I was just, you know, skimming through some of the soundtracks to prepare for this episode and When I came across Turning Red and I was flipping through some tracks, I was like really impressed with how creative the soundtrack is. Oh yeah, it is not, uh, uh, for lack of better words, cookie cutter soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, whoa! Like it's doing all this, all this really cool stuff. It's got the the Chinese influences. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's like really creative and cinematic, and yeah, it deserves some love. I I definitely need to dive into it more. Yeah,
1: like I don't think it's it's gonna be like remembered as iconic as some other Pixar movies, but I definitely think that those three songs I mentioned by Four Town like, will kind of stand on their own, at least in Disney canon. Sure. Yeah. Um, like, years down the road. So, yeah. Did you listen to the the Turning Red soundtrack at all, Tony?
2: No. But I have watched, you know, the movie the, in at yeah. least the last two months. Um, throughout the movie, do they keep that, like, the 2000s sound going? Yeah. You, like, for some reason, I'm remembering when they're just like, running through the town at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, the group of four girls. I remember the soundtrack happening, but I also remember this like 2000s beat or something mm-hmm. happening. Okay. And they're using these instruments that are like electronic but from the 2000s. Oh. If, is that am I remembering right? Probably cuz
1: so so if you don't recall the movie takes place in 2003. Yeah. So they went out of their way to make sure like the fashion, the like the the um architecture products cars everything is is it's a period piece mm-hmm. so it wouldn't shock me at all if um, ludwig and or um phineas were sampling or or utilizing sounds
2: that were popular in that yeah. time hmm. that's yeah like that's that's kind of like a throwback to Incredibles a little bit. They're good at their their time.
3: Yeah. Their yeah, time, yeah.
2: you know, whenever, whatever the setting of the movie is. Incredibles right. use this great, like, horn section, which was big in the 60s, and um, Turning Red is using this, like, yeah, 2000s cool, like, Backstreet <laughs> yeah. Boys kind of pop sound, like, just sprinkled all over the movie, especially when the four towns out, but... Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: The claw machine is jammed. Sorry,
2: we gotta fix
1: that. We'll be right back.
4: Can you hear that? low rumble of engines coasting down the freeway on a breezy Sunday. The lush crunch of a tire making contact with a gravel road of unexplored possibilities. Feel the cool wind and smell the sweet sun-baked desert air as you accelerate down the timeless route. Witness the awe of the mountains protruding from the earth like beckoning palaces of crimson stone. Your road might be long, but it doesn't have to be hard. Make every moment driven by purpose at Radiator Springs, Arizona. This fake ad has been a fake paid for by the fake Radiator Springs Tourism Commission.
1: Hey, I'm a pizza. I'm here to talk to you about the senseless devouring of my kind. Next time you are thinking of going to an awesome space themed restaurant that serves delicious mouthwatering cheesy pies, Please think of me and reconsider.
4: Consume more poultry. Stop the innocent slaughter of anthropomorphized galactic themed pizza. Eat at Poultry Palace. Right now, get an exclusive toy from the new movie Woody's Roundup Shadow Over the West. One toy comes with each fun meal. Collect them all and see Woody's Roundup Shadow Over the West in theaters this summer. Starring Scott Eastwood and Emily Blunt.
1: We got the claw machine figured out. Now we can get on with the show. All right, Tony. I think I think we just have one one item left on your list.
2: Yeah. So number two on my list, right behind Incredibles, was Ratatouille, Ooh, which Giacchino is Chino Fest. That's right. This is the most uh, recent addition to my list. I think it was just added in the last two days. <laughs> so um, I was listening to this at work, and it's one just like Incredibles, where it just kept me engaged the whole entire time. There mm-hmm. was there was not much space in this movie just to kind of like do what I was doing and not really pay attention to what's happening because it's kind of ambient or whatever. Something was always moving. Something was always grabbing my attention throughout this soundtrack, um, which is the first reason it's high on my list. Um, The pizzazz and energy in this soundtrack is so good. Like one, you're dealing with rats who like they're like fast creatures. They're like yeah. get out of the way. They're scurrying creatures. It's already this fast paced sound and tempo yeah. that you would expect. And they're working at a restaurant in Paris, which <laughs> you can imagine at dinner time would be nuts. Like yeah. it's that's also fast paced. Um and it's and it's the main you know, second main character, um what's his name? Linguini. Linguini. Yeah. It's like bumbling around this kitchen like trying to figure out what to do and um the rat i just had his name what's his oh, name remy, yeah. remy. remy um is like you know towards the beginning of the film is like kind of trying to catch his mistakes and he's like whoa i'm doing all the and it's just like energy there's a lot of energy in this movie already and yeah. it the soundtrack just embodies that um <laughs> we during that last break we listened to a little bit and like listen to a little bit of one of the tracks. It was called 100 Rat Dash. And you guys were just like grooving in your chairs because it's just like, and it's just super fast notes the whole time. Jittery. Jittery is the right word. Yeah. Yeah. And manic. Yeah. Yeah. And it, as a musician, like, so I played, I think I already said this, played trombone. And to play notes that fast and that consistent, like, you're so engaged with what you're doing. I think it, I think just listening to the soundtrack just pulled me back into that, and I'm like, ooh, like technicality, I love this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um that, yeah, just the the I don't know how much like theme like callback themes they are in this. there are in this, but callback styles for sure. you like, you know just listening to the soundtrack you know when Remy's on the screen or Mm -hmm. Remy's doing something fast and crazy or the other rats are like running around and you can you can feel where they're in the kitchen and there's this heat and they're like or Remy or Remy's being creative with Linguini and like putting the different spices together they're explaining food and it gets a little jazzy or something like yeah they do a great job of supporting the different actions that are happening on screen and they do it he does it so well that you can visualize it and feel it without having actually watched the movie. I think. Oh, yeah! Like yeah. that was one of the like highlights of Incredibles was one hundred mile dash. You know, once that song comes on, you can imagine that it's a character running really fast and there is these crazy things happening around yeah, him. Yeah, he does it there too, and the Ratatouille is like filled with that. Mm. So, yeah, dude, it's so
0: good. Yeah, it, I love the 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 French vibe yes you know yeah. like you are yeah. in france uh i <laughs> oh, love yeah. that and and to your point about the the theme uh it's really interesting so because uh, that track almost in my top five or that a uh, uh soundtrack almost yeah. in my top five um but uh but yeah it the soundtrack uh, starts off with, with Lafestin, you know? Yeah, yes. and it, Is that chronological? Like, it, does the movie actually start with the song being sung? No, 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 no. no? okay. There, the, it's the, first the, on traditionally, the Right.
1: Yeah, traditionally, if a song is sung by a singer, a lot of soundtracks will put that at the top. Oh, I don't know if yeah. it's a contractual thing, like like singer's request, like, I want my song to be heard first. Right, But right. usually, that will happen where the, the first chunk of tracks is the song. So, like, often you'll hear the credit song first in first. the soundtrack.
2: Ah, that's interesting. Yeah. That makes
1: sense. Because
0: those are always the the everyone's drawn to. Yeah, right? those are the the hits
1: that sell records. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um but yeah, the the uh as I was listening to the soundtrack, Le Festin, so she's singing I don't know what the words are, but it, yeah. but that the that, French. That, uh, <laughs> she's singing the French, no. Uh the melody become is the theme mm. throughout it. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. Um and I thought that was really interesting. So maybe that's not how the movie obviously goes if that's not the first track. But yeah. when you're listening to the soundtrack, I was like, oh, that's so interesting, like that melody. So who knows, you know, the chicken or the egg, like what came first? <laughs> but either way, it's really, really well, I, cool how that I, theme goes on.
1: I can speak to the chicken and the egg. So uh, uh, I was going to highlight Le Festin also as as an important track because um, I keep talking about it. I love it when singers are collaborating with score writers. And mm-hmm. this is another example where there's a song written by Michael Giacchino and then you know sung by an actual singer mm. so um um she may have also contributed i should have fact checked that she may have also contributed to the writing like lyrics or what what whatnot mm-hmm. i'm not sure but i do know that what you're talking about Ben, is that that Crank theme that would be michael C- giacchino's contribution mm. is it michael giacchino or giacchino does anyone giacchino, know i think
0: is it yeah, I always said Giaquino. I apologize if I it's Giaquino. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're sorry, Mike. But <laughs> can we call you Mike?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll just call him Mike from
0: now on. Uh,
1: but yes, Mike and Tom Ratatouille. Ratatouille was also like right on the verge of being in my top five. Like it was, mm. it was my top five on my first draft before turning red dethroned it. So. Mm. Oh yeah, it's really good. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I love it because it's 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 so relaxing to listen to. I'm not yeah. gonna lie, it's like uh-huh. uh, Ratatouille is such a, a comfort movie on so many levels because everything from the message to the characters to the subject material, like food, mm-hmm. and then it it all is wrapped in this this very like European, like ritzy kind of uh, like soundscape. That's just like oh my gosh, the soundtrack is is something you put on when you're having, like, a
2: candlelit dinner. Yeah. 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 I was thinking that, like, listening to this the other day, I was thinking, oh, I should make dinner or something for Darcy, my fiancé, and, like, do, like, the candlelight you and should, play this soundtrack. You and should like, make ratatouille and hey, then play the soundtrack. Yeah. Have, you, have you guys ever eaten ratatouille? We no. haven't. I was so close
1: to Multiple times, I've... Well... Actually, it might have just been the one time that I actually had the opportunity to order it. But like, I every time I'm adjacent to a restaurant that it serves it, I'm like, I, I gotta go. Mm. Um, but one time, I actually was at a restaurant that served it, and I was like, but I really want duck. <laughs> so I, Come on, know, man! I ended up ordering duck instead. <laughs> you had the chance, man. <laughs>
4: I gave it up for a duck. I had the chance, but I love duck. <laughs>
2: So um, so I have had ratatouille. Oh, okay. One time so back when this movie came out, my whole family saw it. My dad made ratatouille one night. Oh. Day. And so watching the film as a kid, you see him putting all those little slices in there and they look like pepperonis. Right. Yeah. So I'm expecting like this like pepperoni zesty kind Aren't of they flavor. Like or it's like a bunch of vegetables. Yeah. yeah oh, with like yeah. not There's no like big flavors like pepperoni would have. It's kind of got like some kick to it. It's like a squash almost. Yeah, it's like squash and zucchini. And I was like, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's not what I was expecting. What? I thought this see, was sausage. See, I think yeah. it must be. It
1: must be whatever, like the sauces or whatever, like they season it with. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Like, I don't remember fully what the 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 movie like. Because I know he pours like a sauce around yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and then he puts like a little garnish on it. But yeah, I'm I'm almost wondering if like it is more about how you flavor those. Yeah. And maybe how you
2: cook it too. Yeah. I don't even know if traditionally it has a sauce because I think it's like. You know, you're using a bunch of vegetables out of the garden. You slice them up and you bake them. Like that's the flavor you should expect. Okay, I don't. I don't know that it's this. It's the point is, it's not like this high class meal. It's this like simple to make anybody can make it kind of thing right so. well
1: i'm still trying to convince ben we need to do a uh pixar taste test episode yo food test invite yeah, me because back. Because, yeah. because there's like a lot of like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spoil it now but i have like a list of like there's a lot of unique cuisine that appears yeah. in pixar films beyond just ratatouille and so um, there's like a lot of like cool stuff you could try. So anyways, um,
2: I'll have you back TZ? <laughs> yeah. I'd love to be back for that one. So anyways, yeah, no, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll have, yeah, we'll have to have TZ
1: back cause I, yeah, that would be re- super fun. Um, so do, do you guys have any honorable mentions that we didn't talk about? Um, I can go over mine real quick if, if you guys want. Yeah. Um, so one thing we didn't talk about that I was, I was, I was crossing my fingers that somebody would bring it up, uh, like Coco, that uh, like was on my list, frickin and I knew Coco. cars better, so I took uh, it off my list. Yeah, Remember that me, that was my next one. Yeah, Remember <laughs> me, un
2: Poco Loco, uh,
1: and Proud uh, Corazon. Corazon yeah. uh, so good, yeah. dude! Anthony Gonzalez, his voice Woo. is so good. Have you like, i seen him like on online, like he's posted videos, yeah. like I think on like TikTok of him like singing "Remember Me." Like now that his voice is is aged up, oh. is, is that the kid? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh, the guy, cool. the, no, I haven't. the kid who voiced uh, uh, Miguel. Miguel is he's now. I'm not sure how old he is, but he Teen looks like a man. Age. Oh, he's an adult. Mm. An um, adult. He's he, he looks like a man. I'm not sure how old he is. He might be like 18 or something. I'm not sure, but yes, that's great. Um, again, that's a Michael Giacchino score. So good. Yep. Um, Ratatouille was one of my my honorable mentions. Obviously, uh, another big one for me is. Brave, so I yeah. don't love the movie Brave, but I mm. love its soundtrack. So good. Patrick Doyle, who I feel like he just accelerates at like Celtic music. Hmm. Um, maybe that's has something to do with his heritage based on his name, but. Um, yeah, he's got this very richly Celtic sounding score, which I love Celtic music. Yeah. Um Julie Fowlis has some songs on the soundtrack that are really iconic, "Touch the Sky" mm-hmm. and "Into the Open Air." Uh, but most importantly, dude, "Learn Me Right" yeah by Mumford and Sons is a featured song in this uh, soundtrack. Uh, Birdie sings it, so you would never oh, guess. Okay, you may you may not guess. I shouldn't say you would never, but you may not guess that it's it's Mumford and Sons listening to it. I did. I think when we saw this movie in theaters, I went with my family and I was, I have been a huge fan of theirs since they first became popular in like, what was it, 2009 when their first album hit. Uh Um, And so I was obsessed with them. Um, Like I'd listened to their, their album, their first album, like on repeat, like all through college, and so um, when I when I heard the song "Learn Me Right," I'm like, "This is Mumford and Sons." Like, I turned to my dad. I was like, "This is Mumford and Sons," and he's like, "This is a girl singing." And <laughs> and so like we we waited for the credits, and I pointed at the screen. And I'm like, "That's Mumford and Sons." <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they but they ended up releasing re releasing this song with them singing it. Um, oh. And um the Babel Deluxe album, so their second album, oh. the deluxe version yeah. comes with a track called "Not with Haste." Um, yeah. So not oh, okay. with not, not with haste, haste. is yeah. literally just learn me right, but with uh, like it's a different version. Um, so like they kind of changed some of the lyrics yeah. um, and 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 the I think the tempo is slightly different. Um, but Marcus Mumford's singing it obviously, and so. that's in Brave. Yes, yeah, in Brave, towards the end huh. of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So so the, the the song in Brave is learn me right their yeah. version of it that appears on Babel Deluxe is called Not, Not With, With Haste. Haste. Okay. I, so,
0: I didn't know that was the deluxe. I thought
1: that was on the regular album. It's I think it only appears on the deluxe album. I could be wrong. Okay. Cuz I've only ever listened to the deluxe album and when I was looking it up earlier, I was also looking at the deluxe
0: album and it's yeah. one of the last tracks so I'm pretty sure it's yeah. Okay, yeah. I I could be wrong, but I thought it was the last track on the on the the Oh, maybe. But either way, it is a jam, and it's super sick that they collabed with Pixar. Yeah, made it happen. Yeah. Um, But uh, my next uh, my next uh,
1: uh, honorable mention would be Soul. This is another very. It's crazy to me that like these latter recent Pixar movies have been so music centric because you've got Coco, you've got Turning Red. These are like movies that music actually influences the plot. And then you've got soul, which is even more so music centric. (laughs) Um, You've got uh, Trent Reznor, uh, who I am obliged to mention, wrote the, one of the greatest songs of all time, Hurt um, Mm. and Atticus Ross. um, And they won their uh, second Oscar for this score um, Mm. in soul. And their first one was from 2010 when they, they co-scored the social network. Um, But it's my understanding that uh, they handled the big picture score, um, such as, like, the scenes in the soul world, while John Batista, is it Batista, Ben? I think it's Batiste. Batiste, John Batiste, um, worked to create the, like, authentic soundscape for the jazz that is prevalently featured throughout the film. So, had to mention that. Um, And then, of course, Toy Story, you've got A Friend of Me, classic, Up, Married Life, classic. Those are my... Those are my honorable mentions. So, That's...
2: Soul was one of my two, and I think Coco was the other one. I feel like Coco we did good on Soul. Yeah. Did I expected that to be one of at least one of my top three when I was just thinking about it? Mm-hmm. Because I absolutely love jazz music, mm. and I was like, I remember the jazz in this movie being really good. It's been a couple of years since I've seen it, but uh-huh. and listening to it, the if I could just take the jazz parts and make that the sole album it would be number one. Oh, but yeah the like um you mentioned their names like all the synth parts yeah, the that score. are yeah. that are more just like the ambient score parts i thought were like really simplistic and maybe i just didn't listen to the soundtrack all the way through but in comparison to the jazz parts the the more synthy parts didn't didn't at all compare. Okay. They were like knowing how some of that stuff works. It sounded kind of simplistic. Like it sounded like, let me program in this arpeggiator, which what an arpeggiator is, is it takes a scale or it takes a chord and it plays a note in each. Most of the time it'll play a one note out of that scale. And then it'll skip to another note on that scale. So it'll be like, that might all be in a C major, but it's playing all the different notes. And you can program different synthesizers that way. You say, here's a C major. I want you to play a C major 7 chord or whatever. And I want you to do it like this. Play these notes in these orders. Go. And then just place them. Yeah. And it sounded like a lot of that with just not a lot of intentional, let's grow this here and let's bring it back here. Is yeah. And And I haven't seen Soul in a while, so it might fit the movie really well. Um, but then on the other hand, there's the jazz parts, which are just so well written, and the the talent and the creativity in it are just like next level. And so that that's why like I love and don't love this movie at the same or the soundtrack at the same time, and it didn't make the top five. Yeah. But just want to say the jazz parts. Next level, dude. So good. I'm glad you said that because
0: I, all, I felt the same way. I, I remember, you know, liking the music from the film, mm-hmm. going back to it, and I, I, I just was zipping around, and um, I remember like thinking, like, oh, like there's something here when I listened to a couple of the jazz stuff, mm-hmm. but I didn't deep dive. So I'm really glad that you spoke highly of it because, um, yeah, I'm excited to check it out. Yeah, yeah. Fact check real
1: quick, Ben. Uh, you were right. Not with haste is on just the the basic babble. Album. Okay, it's the fi- it's the final track on Babel. Check it. Yeah, yeah. Check it out, Babel. So you don't need to pay extra for the deluxe. People, just, <laughs> yeah. just, just yeah. buy the original. I'm Have to OG. type in as many letters in Spotify. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, one thing they could have in soul. One thing they could have done that would have made me love it is within those synth parts, make a reference back to the jazzy parts in Ooh. any way. Like play a little jazz riff, even if it was on a synthesizer, and they're just. Going back to that. Pitch.
3: pitch. pitch.
2: So, <laughs> so even one thing they could have, here's my pitch. Take, <laughs> take the synth parts and either record a saxophone and put like crazy effects on it to make it sound, make it fit in with that synth sound or take a synth instrument and make, just put in some jazz elements. So maybe like, I'm going to get into this a little bit like (laughs) some like seven chords or jazz does this thing where they'll play their chord and then they'll keep stacking notes on top of it that aren't in the chord, but they're so far away from each other, like low and high notes that they sound good together. So for you guys, you have like one, three, five is like your normal chord, like C E G for anyone who knows anything about music. They'll put a D in, which is the second note, but they'll take it up an octave. So Mm it becomes a nine. So you have one, three, five, nine, and you can add 11 and 13, which are all notes that aren't normally in the chord, but they're so far away, they start sounding really cool. Or diminished Mm. chords or anything like that. Mm. This movie was like, here's your C chord played on an arpeggiator. Yeah. For, you know, 30 seconds, and then we'll change it. And it was (laughs) like, that's the, maybe not the effort level, but the, Difference in creativity that right. I was finding in this movie, and yeah. they could have easily like tied them together a little bit better. and yeah. made it super interesting with this synthy, jazzy just influence, not all jazz. Yeah, yeah. dude, that's kind of blown my mind a little bit. <laughs> yeah.
1: this, see, see, I I, 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 still like the soundtrack, but that makes me makes me understand and appreciate more why it didn't actually make any of our top fives because mm-hmm. it's not that unified of a soundtrack yeah no, it's kind no. of two, two separate soundtracks. things yeah. and maybe that's maybe that's the point of the movie i don't know but yeah. like uh there could be a reason for that but i think you're right i think i would like the soundtrack holistically more yeah. if it was if it were that that cross collaboration
2: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i wish this is not one of the two movies that I haven't seen yet on this Pixar run because I want, I want to go back and watch it and see if visually they are as different as the soundtrack is. Oh, like, yeah, if yeah. it's supposed to take you to a completely different element, take the main right. character way out of his element, right? That would make me appreciate this a little bit more. But yeah. just the soundtrack, yeah, could have been a little more jazzy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> now, we'll, yeah, we won't spoil it, but yeah, yeah. check it
0: out. Go, wait, you haven't seen? You haven't seen it? I have seen it, but I oh. saw it yeah.
2: shortly after it came out, and I haven't watched it again since oh, okay. then. Oh, okay. So yeah. I don't really remember it that well. Sure. Yeah, sure. Well, uh was that all your honorable mentions, TZ? Um, you guys talked about him. I had Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, and then Coco. Okay. Coco was number five, and about 10 seconds before we started recording, I was like, I don't know what to say about Coco. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched the movie, but I haven't dove into the soundtrack. Yeah. But, yeah, I do love... Coco, both visually and the soundtrack. Yeah, so. yeah it's inarguably a
1: beautiful. Like, like that one I am a little bit disappointed that it didn't end yeah. up on any of our top five. Because I don't think <laughs> any, th- there was no single soundtrack that appeared on all three of our top fives, right? I don't think there was. No, I don't think so. So, yeah. like, that, yeah. Anyways, Ben,
0: what, what, uh, what was your honorable mentions? Well, yeah, well, before I jump into that, I mean, like, so, do you guys have any more thoughts on Coco outside of... The jams, like the with lyrics, because those are obviously like amazing. But mm-hmm. like, do you guys have any thoughts on the
2: the score? The that's of? that's why I took it out because I I haven't listened to those. So okay. it
1: has, uh-huh. yeah, it, it definitely. I love it when. Um, see, I think this is something Michael Giacchino excels at is, uh, looking at the subject material and then like approaching it like what is the the cultural, what music culturally influences mm. this setting, and so yeah. it's like you get a lot of um, obviously the movie's set in Mexico so you get a lot of uh, folk Mexican folk inspired um, music and yeah, like, i think it i think it's good but the parts that are memorable in the score are all callbacks to like you know remember me like you hear, might hear an instrumental uh, like melody line like you might hear something that's meant to call back to one of those songs Um, in the score and those are the memorable parts. Yeah. But beyond that, I, I can't say I have much, much opinion or thought.
0: Yeah. I, I remember, uh, that also was close on my list. Um, but, uh, I remember uh, as I was jumping around the, I think it was called like crossing the the Marigold bridge. I forget what that name is. Yeah. The Marigold mm. bridge. Yeah. Crossing the Marigold bridge that, that score, I was thinking like, I was like, whoa, this is actually really cool. Mm um it was just the yeah the the score itself was just really beautiful uh, well done um so yeah i needed i need to jump into, into Coco i think it's probably worth jumping into um but that is if that theme that you're talking about because i haven't uh watched the film in a while yeah but if that theme of uh of, of like with ratatouille with Le- Le- lefesden mm. if it's like that for a remember me um that would be pretty amazing um well, one is just a great melody, but just the, the like the story point to it. Yeah. Like remember me remembering is a big part of the film. Yeah, So yeah, like yeah. it's like a that would be like extra mm. deep. Yeah. But anyways, um yeah, other uh, honorable mentions um let's see, that we haven't talked about yet. Oh, Luca. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, so I was not expecting to like that or like really enjoy that score because um, I don't remember it like standing out. Um, I remember really liking the film, um, but you guys need to check out the Luca soundtrack. Mm. Okay, I think if I really gave it more time, it it, it may have moved it up higher. But um, yeah, it really is embodying the like the Italian Riviera uh, like yeah. vibes. Um, so similar to like Howrah Two, like really gets you into into France. And, yeah. and stuff like that's how Luca does. But it also like was surprisingly like it had a lot of like emotion to it too. Mm.
1: Yeah, I feel like uh to me like you got brave and uh. And Ratatouille, and then Luca. These are all like very, uh, very specific of the their locale sounds. Yeah. So it's like if you want to go on a European tour, just put those three soundtracks <laughs> into a playlist. Yeah, like that. That uh, th- I remember liking Luca's soundtrack for similar reasons to what I like Ratatouille. But since I've only seen Luca once, yeah, um, I can't like call back like recall like oh this was a standout track or like this was one that that really was cool for using this instrument or whatever you know Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah, you're right it definitely is
2: a very transportative um soundtrack i just remember a lot of accordion oh yeah is there a lot of accordion in that soundtrack i think so yeah definitely
0: that's yeah that had to have been in in the repertoire (laughs) because it's very yeah italian yeah um Hmm. Yeah, and then I was kind of trying to separate, like, the scores from the songs as I was doing this preparation um, because there's so many songs that are such jams that I'm like, I want to put this film up higher just because of (laughs) these, you know, songs. Like, for Coco, for example, like, if I was – if I had been thinking, like, hey, like, if I'm putting the songs and lyrics on par with the scores, then Coco would have definitely been top five. But -hmm. because I was trying to separate the two a little bit, um, it was a little on my list. So, yeah, I – all those Coco songs are such jams. Uh, I just want to make sure that we call out any other um, lyrical songs from the uh, soundtracks um, that we haven't said yet. Um, so, yeah, we talked about the Toy Story songs. You've Got a Friend in Me. Um, I Will Go sailing into More Strange Things. We haven't talked about that. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Toy, Story St- Toy, Toy Story 2, Sarah McLaughlin, When She Loved Me. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Oof, mm-hmm. great song. Um, they yeah, would mention Monsters Inc. If I didn't have you. Um, and Down to Earth, and then the the Brave songs. We uh, don't need to wrap up quite yet because I do
1: have some news for you guys. Already,
0: extra, extra, got your Pixar news right here. Read all about it.
1: So, uh, this isn't necessarily like breaking news. Like I'm sure this was announced like months ago like even a year ago Um, but I just found this out while I was researching for this episode Um, some news that excites me personally and I think it'll excite you Ben Um, I just stumbled across the fact that Thomas Newman is returning to the world of Pixar Oh, Oh. so Elemental is being scored by Thomas Newman yes which I did not know until I was researching for this uh, (laughs) researching for this episode so
2: um, so yeah that's what do you know what the last movie he did was With Pixar,
1: yeah, would have been Wally. No, oh no, 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 no. finding Finding Dory. 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 I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I knew that I just was not counting it because it's a sequel to Finding Nemo. Because Pixar is pretty good about like keeping the same person to score like when they do sequels, so um, but yes, Hmm. uh, so he's only done Finding Nemo, uh, Wally, Finding Dory, and now he's gonna be doing Um, Elemental. So this will be his first like completely original take. On a Pixar film since
2: 2008. Nice. Woo. Okay, that's cool. Yes. I I appreciate them using him and not Michael Giacchino. Yeah. Because the one thing I just saw, saw the trailer, not the new trailer for Elemental. The oh yeah. First trailer. Oh yeah. And one thing that me and a few other people agreed on was, wow, this kind of looks like um, Inside Out a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, if if it is visually similar, which I haven't seen the new trailer, I don't know if it will be. If it is visually similar, it will at least be like musically different, yeah, completely, yeah. which it'll be cool. Yeah, so that'll be great.
1: Um, uh, yeah. By the way, Ben, you'd be proud of me. I did avoid like the black P- plague watching the new theatrical trailer. I watched the teaser trailer because I, yeah. I knew that it wouldn't spoil anything. Yeah, but I was like, I won't watch. I won't watch. I'm gonna pull Ben. I'm gonna go in with fresh eyes nice. to this movie, Elemental. <laughs> But they played it in front of the Super Mario movie, so I was forced to watch it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, ah, whatever. Oh, I didn't. I got I didn't, to the movie late, so I yeah, missed it. Yeah I, didn't, <laughs> let's go. yeah, I didn't realize that they were gonna play. I didn't even think about it, and then it started playing, and I was like, "Oh, well, okay. Uh, at least I get to see it on the big screen. Like, that's that's better than than you know watching it on YouTube." But yeah. but no, I I think it actually does look good, and we don't have to talk about it now. But um, I wasn't I wasn't too disappointed with any like. Spoilers or anything. Mm. I don't think there's anything. You would would be okay with other
2: people watching it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It it
0: was surprisingly not spoiler heavy.
1: Nice. Okay. Um, But yeah. Also, before we wrap up, I do want to share. I I, uh, did a bunch of research. And just for the sake of thoroughness, I wanted to be able to share with you guys um, that Pixar has a, a deep history with the Oscars. So I did a quick breakdown. of These are the songs and scores that had both been nominated and won Mm. uh, Oscars from Pixar. Okay. So, first of all, pre-19, let's see, what would it be? Pre-1999, I think? um, They had musical scores uh, divided into two categories. So, you had best musical or comedy or dramatic score. And so, um, Pixar fell into the former category. So in 1995, Toy Story was nominated for best uh, musical or comedy score, and it lost to Pocahontas. Mm -hmm. And then in 1998, A Bug's Life was uh, nominated for uh, best musical or comedy score. And lost to Shakespeare in Love. And that was the last time they had the divided categories. So then moving forward, um, they conflated those two categories to just best score. So uh, Monsters Inc. was nominated in 2001. It lost to Fellowship of the Ring. Ooh, well. (laughs) Finding, Finding Nemo was nominated in 2003. Guess who? That lost to Retur- uh, the two towers. Return of the King. <laughs> Return of the King. <laughs> Come on, <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> rat- Ratatouille. That's Ratatouille was nominated for best score in 2007. It lost to Atonement. I don't even know what that yeah, is. Uh, and then Wally was nominated in 2008 um, and lost to Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, which is actually a good soundtrack. I don't. I don't hate that. Uh, but up. Was nominated in 2009 and won. Yeah, uh, nice. There we go. Soul was nominated in 2020 and won. Mm, wow. But those are that's all the times that uh, Pixar movies have been um, nominated for scores. So it lost. All the like up until 2008, it had lost, and it was getting nominated pretty consistently. Yeah. Like not all the movies, but most of them were. And then Up finally won, and then they never got nominated <laughs> yeah. again until 2020. The bar was set and, <laughs> then, they, and then they won for that one. Nice. So, 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 Soul and Up are the only uh, score winners, unfortunately. But there's also the category of best song. Okay, yeah. So in 1995, "You've Got a Friend in Me," of course, was nominated and lost to colors of the wind from pocahontas <laughs> Which, come on. um come on <laughs> uh, and then in 1999 uh ben uh, you mentioned when she loved me um mm, yeah sarah, sarah mclaughlin mclaughlin yeah McLaughlin. yeah, yes. yeah uh, that that got nominated and lost to you'll be in my heart from tarzan oh <laughs> freaking disney banger right there <laughs> yeah. uh and then Our Town. Oh, see, this is this is the one I was talking about. Our Town uh, from Cars into, got nominated uh. in 2006. So it was written by uh, Randy Newman and then sung by, uh, blanking on his name, but uh, the other guy. And so <laughs> 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 Our Town was nominated, and then it James lost Taylor. to a song called I Need to Wake Up from uh, the movie An Inconvenient Truth. Uh, which i think is an al gore documentary <laughs> um <Huh. it's> <laughs> <super> <laughs> random uh <laughs> oh, all right <laughs> uh my favorite one down to earth was nominated in 2008 um, from Wally, of course and uh <laughs> what was that cuz i'm guessing it lost yeah yeah it, it lost, <laughs> it, lost. <laughs> it, lost <to laughs> it lost to jai ho though which i don't, I don't ho, i'm not bad about that uh, from Dog Millionaire. That's actually a bop. So. <laughs> Not <laughs> a Snow White
2: we <laughs> <laughs> Are singing it from Snow White? <laughs> hi-ho?
1: No, Jai-ho. I
2: think
1: that came out in 2000. <laughs> jai-ho. Did you, <laughs> wait, did you say hi-ho? No,
0: Jai-ho. Jai-ho, Jai-ho. <laughs> jai-ho. Jai-ho.
3: <laughs> oh, my gosh.
1: Oh, my goodness. Okay, so uh, then in 2019... <laughs> I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away, uh, which was Randy Newman's theme for Forky in mm. Toy Story 4, uh, was nominated. And it lost to I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man, which is a. Mm. a Elton John. Uh, Elton John, yeah, he wrote for that movie, um, which is also a good song. So I guess I'm not too mad about that. But, but, we're backtracking here. In 2001, if I didn't have you, from Monsters, Inc. Oh, yeah. Won the Oscar for best song, beating out Anya's song from Lord of the Rings. Wow. So oh. technically, so technically May it be. That, that was the first music-related win for, uh, for Pixar. Yeah. So, nice. so if I didn't have you, historic. Didn't have you. Then in 2010, we belong together, together from uh, Toy Story 3. Uh, that ended up beating out tangleds I see the light oh uh, and then it won uh, the Oscar for best best song in 2010. And then finally remember me yeah yeah won in 2017 and if you remember what came out in 2017 you'll realize that that's a big deal It was a big deal I was it was going up against I don't remember
2: but I remember being
1: surprised it was it was technically. Not even well, I I won't say it's a dark horse, but it was it was definitely not like the clear winner when no. you when you remember what other movie came out that year that it was going up against. What was it, dude? That was the year the greatest showman. That's oh. what it was, oh. and I yeah. was like, so
2: how did Coco beat this? It, like it, I was mad. It beat out like <laughs> this world? is me, like yeah. which was like oh, nice. the anthem of yeah. the generation at that
1: that time like so that's uh, That's so remember big win big win for coco so so yeah that's a breakdown of pixar's music Mm. related oscar nominations
0: and wins yeah wow well a couple notes there one uh clearly i was right that up is my uh, up is michael giacchino's magnum opus okay yeah you can you can uh you can back that up with oscar oscar facts mm, oscar cred (laughs) there and uh also uh soul clearly john batiste uh probably maybe i don't know single-handedly carried the oscar win Mm. if if the other part of the score isn't as we say way to go way to go john batiste (laughs) we see you yeah (laughs) you are seen
1: uh but yeah so that's that's all i got no it's not
0: okay so apparently i have something else (laughs) gareth you have something else uh (laughs) The last thing that I wanted to ask you guys—oh, okay—is who is your favorite Pixar composer? Is that even a question?
1: Thomas Newman. Mine's Michael Giacchino. I yeah, I was gonna me. say like his, his, I, I couldn't answer that. By, his top this, but... four were all Michael Michael Giacchino. Yeah. I mean yeah. Mike. Good old Mike. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Mike. Good old Mike. Uh, his top four were all Mike, and my top two were the only two Thomas Newman tra- uh, like soundtracks that matter in Pixar's canon. So I feel like that, like That's, between yeah. Tony and I, we're both showing our bias with our lists. Yeah. So are you
0: being? follow follow up question. So well, are you going to well, answer the question?
2: Well, who's your favorite?
0: I'll get to that. Oh, um, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I'll be like a politician. Let me answer that by asking you this. <laughs> So then, who is the best? Randy Newman. No. Hold on. Who is the best slash the true Pixar composer? Yeah, I, I figured that's what you were
1: alluding to. I think Randy Newman. He is because he started with um, Toy Story and Bugs Life and Monsters Inc. He coined like the sound of of mm. Pixar and his voice. You hear his song. Like, even a non-Pixar song, you hear his voice now and you think Pixar. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think that um, it's fair to say that even if even if my personal favorite is Thomas Newman and Thomas Newman is my all-time favorite score composer, um, like, I can't take credit away from, from Randy Newman as far as how much he has shaped Pixar. Hmm. So, if if you're asking me who is the true Pixar composer um is probably Randy.
2: Okay. Let me answer that question with a question. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. If I were somebody, just your average Joe, and I had never seen a Pixar movie. Okay. And I said, "Y'all, I I heard something here about this Pixar sound that y'all been talking about." Oh yeah. Send me the soundtrack of one movie. That encompasses the Pixar sound, mm. what would it be? What movie would you send Inc. me? Up, I think, fight that, me, those are your answers <laughs> <Fight> right <me>. <laughs> there. This <laughs> is tend to do a movie fight. You know. Uh, I think that's your answer. Like, I don't know. The person, yeah, I, I absolutely, you know, respect the like that's who like developed that Pixar sound, mm-hmm. but I think. At this point, you know, it's been a lot of years. I yeah. think that whoever is, like, embodying that the most and still coming up with creative and interesting things, I think that's who you're talking about. I'm, I'm saying this because I, I don't know much about any of the composers, so oh, I'm trying okay. to give you a vague answer. Oh, but okay. I think I think that, like, if you were to pick one film and say, that's the Pixar sound... And that's like one of the best Pixar representative films, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whoever wrote it, I think, is so, nearing in on your hands. So here is my reasoning for putting
1: Michael Giacchino at the bottom. Like if we're if we're all in agreement, uh, the Newman cousins and Michael Giacchino, they're like the Pixar. Three. They're the top yeah. three. They're mm. Pixar royalty. They're the ones that matter in this debate. Yeah. Um, the reason I would put Michael Giacchino at number three is because, unlike The Newman Cousins, uh, I can't tell. I'm listening to Michael Giacchino. He's a chameleon. So each one of his soundtracks sounds uniquely like that movie. So he's great at making like an iconic movie that stands on its own. But Mm. I'm not listening to Ratatouille going, oh, this is the guy who did Incredibles. Like, I don't hear that. But when I listen to Thomas Newman, like, I've told this to Ben numerous numerous times. If I'm watching a new movie and it's scored by Thomas Newman, I notice right away. Mm. Like, I know that it's Thomas Newman. So I'm not only listening to it through the lens of like, Oh, I like this soundtrack. I'm also listening to it in the in in the in the sense that, like, oh, like, Thomas is doing this. Like, this is his shtick, but he's doing this new thing to kind of, like... Interesting. Um, kind of, like, when you listen to a band that you really enjoy, you know what their sound is, but you still listen to their new albums because they're doing new and different things. And that's mm. how I feel about Thomas Newman. Um, and Randy Newman is that even more so, where every single Randy Newman soundtrack is a Randy Newman soundtrack mm. and it's to the point where I don't even think people who do, like people who don't know who Randy Newman is they do they hear Randy Newman and they go that's a Pixar soundtrack. Mm. Mm. So mm. there's to me that is is more telling of of what is representative of what Pixar is than Michael Giacchino who's just a chameleon. He mm. he makes each soundtrack its own thing and it has no connection to him. Well, I mean, not, I shouldn't say it has no connection to him, but it's not something he's not an auteur of, of scoring, I guess. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's interesting. Uh, I, I definitely think that um, I, I tend to be more online with Tony as far as like, if, if I was to answer those questions, um, you know, I had finding Nemo at number one while he was number three. So obviously like I love Thomas so much, but up is number two, Michael Giacchino inside out. And then like Ratatouille and Coco are like right underneath my top five. Yeah. So like Michael is so infused, and to answer Tony's question, I said up as like the most Pixar. Um, it's the most emotional score I think that that Pixar's put out. Um, so I love Thomas so much, but clearly Michael has a longer catalog that's so strong that I'd have to give it to Michael too. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So, he's he's both your favorite and
1: the one that you would categorize as the <clears throat> Pixar guy?
3: Yeah.
0: I, I, I would, would say... Mike. Like, which are you saying? <laughs> I, or are you saying both? Uh, I guess I would say Thomas is my favorite because... Yeah, I'll say Thomas is my favorite, but Michael Giacchino, I think, is the true Pixar composer. Okay. Hmm.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to have to come back and and have a full-blown debate about this Yeah. (laughs) I'm kidding. But uh, that's, yeah, no, that's really interesting because, like, I like that we have different opinions on that because, like, I mean, that's what makes this podcast colorful and work. (laughs) Nice. So so, uh, that's all I got. That's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> wow, this, is a, this was a long episode, but I'm, I'm fine with it because last month we had kind of a short one. So uh, hopefully uh, you audience listeners, what are we calling you guys now? Uh, Pizza Planeteers? Pizza Planeteers. We're, we're, we're going with Pizza Planeteers. Mm. So uh, hopefully you Pizza Planeteers uh, enjoyed that, uh, it being longer uh, after last last month's kind of a short one. But we will be back next month. And, and I'll be back when we do the uh, food one. Okay. Ooh, food okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, oh, actually, that would help with the grocery bill too, because we'll we'll have Ooh, to we'll uh... have to split the grocery bill for that. For that uh...
2: That's probably not as interesting <laughs> now. Yeah, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, we got to make a better sale. bro. <laughs> all
1: right. Well, uh, I think that's all we got. So, Tony Zinis, thank you for being here. Oh Absolutely. yeah, I, we should totally we should totally let you plug. Plug yourself. Plug myself. Oh dear. He's he's Tony <laughs> Tony Zinich on Spotify. Go follow him. Yep. That's uh, Tony Z i
2: n i c h. That's right. Hopefully, I have some new music coming out here this year. And Ooh. you can also
1: you can also find uh, like musical collaborations that mm. all three of us have worked on um, uh, on Spotify at uh, Idiot Box Collective. Collective. Yes. His scores are available at Idiot Box Films uh, on YouTube. Yes. You can watch uh, Where the Color Comes From, uh, which he scored, as well as Code of the Transient, which he scored, both mm-hmm. short films that Ben and I also worked on.
2: Yes. Oh, yeah. Cool. Thanks for plugging that for me. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. That's all I got. You're welcome.
1: <laughs> well, uh, with all that being said... Uh, follow us on social media too. We're on TikTok now. Um, every everything is at
0: Pizza Planet Podcast. So, so remember, guys, keep it in O for onward, because adventure is out there to infinity and beyond.
2: Bye bye now. <laughs> oh, that's from uh, Toy so Story Three. I think. Oh, yeah. at the end, Barbie's like bye bye now. Bye bye.
0: Bye bye now. <laughs> You should
1: just keep keep doing that. Bye bye now.
2: <laughs> bye bye. Well goodbye now. Bye bye. Are they gone? <laughs> <laughs>